On today's episode of Location Cubed, we're going to talk about resiliency related to natural disasters, specifically that which involves Hurricane Ian. On that note, we want to offer our sincere thoughts and prayers to everybody who endured that natural disaster or has been impacted by it around the country. Howard, obviously the hurricane and every hurricane, every natural disaster presents um, difficulties for a community. And it's generally going to be somehow related to real estate, given the amount of damage that's going to be caused. What are your just off the off the cuff? What are your first thoughts as it relates to real estate and resiliency and perhaps the role that the market and the industry will play in terms of help, helping to heal some of the communities that have been impacted? Yeah, I mean, it, that's a that's a tough one, because on the one hand, you want to, you know, people still want to live near the coasts. Uh, people still want to live near the water. There's a, a lot to be said for that. And, you know, and let's not just focus on hurricanes, but also think about other natural events, fires and earthquakes and, and what have you. Um, probably our most traditional risk management people would say, or risk aversion people would say, gee, maybe we shouldn't rebuild. Uh, you know, those talk about not rebuilding New Orleans after Katrina. Uh, those talk about not rebuilding after an earthquake, but that never seems to happen. People people want to stay there. I mean, it, and I get that. You look at natural disasters through history, though. I mean, you know, I come from Chicago. There was a fire in Chicago. Right. Not only was it built back, it was built back stronger. Well, and and that's the thing. There's a lot of there's a lot to be said for the healing process yeah. by rebuilding. Right. Because if you just abandon it, then you're kind of you know we like your whole way of life is over but can't be replaced or repaired. But the, the healing comes from the rebuilding. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's also a matter of we don't want to feel a sense of defeat. I mean, humans in general, we're, we're competitors. We're not going to let somebody or something say that it got the best of us, right? Rega regardless of what that it, is. It's just unfortunate that we're competing against Mother Nature because we'll ultimately never win that war. But, but throughout, and again, we don't want to get too deep into this necessarily, <laughs> but We've dealt with that throughout history right. of hu humanity. Right. You can always point to natural disasters or events that have occurred that do not stand in the way of progress. Right. And we, it's like we always rebuild. And you, becomes, you, how do we become yeah. resilient and adaptable? I mean, you were just in New York City. We right. talked about that on another podcast. Mm -hmm. um, what happened after 9-11? I right. mean, right. immediately the talk was, yeah, we're rebuilding. And look what happened to the city You know, post that period. It's, it's Phenomenal. Thrive. Yeah. Yes, yes. Right. And and you know, I think you have to kind of take some of those lessons and think, well, is the, the real estate industry specifically now charged with, you know, taking up the lead on that rebuilding effort? Because it's not just rebuilding of structures and homes. That certainly obviously folks are impacted by that. But let's talk about the rebuilding of infrastructure. It presents an opportunity to rebuild some of that infrastructure, which was outdated which certainly could have used refacing and rehabs, bridges that need to be Correct. rebuilt, roads, et cetera, right? right. Power systems. So, so it becomes a matter of how do we learn our lessons from this? So what do we do in terms of, and how do we do it quickly so that we can rebuild, but how do we evaluate what structurally what failed? Right. Um, the Sanibel Bridge, the causeway collapsed in, in part. So it's people can't get to and from the island right now. Um, I'm presuming they're probably going to send ferries or something right. over there to do that. But you know why did why did that happen and how can we how can it get rebuilt to a new code or an 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 amended code that will protect that but i think what we also have to think about 
is, again, with the way things have been happening in terms of natural disasters getting worse, is we need to not be reactive but be proactive. So right now, we may have building codes that are good for a you know, level four hurricane. Do we need to think about changing the building codes to be a level five plus hurricane or an F5 plus tornado? There is a cost benefit that happens because we can make things totally, you know, indestructible and impenetrable, but do you want to live in that? Do you want to work in that? And can anyone afford to do that? So there's always going to be a compromise in terms of how do we make things more resilient yet still make it practical. Well, there's the cost benefit of, okay, you prepare for that category five hurricane and you say, look, that's, that's literally never going to happen. That's a hundred year event. But you know, in the last three years, at least, a in, at, year least, at least in Dallas, we had a few hundred year events because we exactly. had a pandemic and then, you know, the entire city exactly. froze exactly. for a week. Right? And then we had the tornado. Right. I mean, there, before that, yeah. right. There have been a number of hundred year events that we all have lived through. So when you think about resiliency, obviously rebuilding is one aspect of that, but potentially prevention mm-hmm. is, is maybe uh, the better avenue. So I know you were, in, again, you were in New York City and we were talking about some of the things that New York is looking at in terms of preventing right. hurricane damage or even what we know is being considered in Texas down in Galveston. So there's been a couple of things. So for example, uh, what's known as the Ike Dyke uh, just actually recently got approved by, I want to say approved by Congress, um, and it's a proposal or uh, they're going to build a a dike across the front of Galveston Bay. So if Hurricane Ike, um, that was probably like 15 years ago, came up through um, Mm -hmm. Galveston Bay and caused a whole lot of damage. Um, And so, but here's the thing, building the Ike Dike will help in the future, but it's going to cost $34 billion to build it. Uh, I just read re- just read yesterday about some ideas that have been floated in terms of doing very something similar in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember Hurricane Superstorm Sandy caused yeah, a lot oh, yeah. of damage. Yeah. Um, and you've got a lot of buildings that they've done stuff to help protect that, you know, the individual building resilience. But they're talking about doing something similar to protect New York Harbor at the cost of $56 billion. So it, it becomes a ma- – but it, it's kind of interesting when you think about that because – Hurricane Ian, the damage is probably going to be $60 billion, if not more. So you kind of go on the one hand, it's going to cost us a fortune to build this, but it may prevent it, but but it's not going to prevent it. It's just going to be a mitigation. Yeah, but but think about that cost benefit for a moment. So you know, you're going to send, spend $50 billion to save $60 billion. Okay, I get that. But you're yeah. not going to save $60 billion. That's the problem. Well, that's just it. But are you going to prevent what could be the ripple effect through the economy? I mean, after Ian... There was, you know, immediately some thought, hey, this could disrupt the supply chain, which is it's already disrupted, which is already disrupted. Yeah. Can you quantify that? Is that factored into that $60 billion of damage? We're talking probably property not. Damage. We're, we're probably well, talking insurance payouts right, right. now. We in don't terms of know that. what the long term economic impact is going to be for right. Ian because right. we don't know what that ripple effect is going to be on our supply chain, on the airline industry, the loss of revenue in the hospitality industry. I, I mean, there's a lot of hospitality in Florida as well, and those areas were impacted, Right. So you're not just saving the net insurance cost. That sixty billion could be more like, you know, two hundred billion or a trillion. I mean, we don't know what that aggregate number is going to be until we reflect in history. Right, and that's a, that's a great point because I've just been reading. You know, all last year we were dealing with all the lumber issues and the prices of lumber, and I just read recently that lumber prices are back down to pre-pandemic pricing. Right. Well, now that you're going to have to rebuild, you know, half of Southeast Florida. 
I'm sorry, Southwest Florida, excuse me, what's that going to do to lumber prices? You know, because all of a sudden there's a whole lot more demand right now. And what are you going to do about people? Because you know a lot of workers are going to flock there to do work. Well, what does that do for construction sites elsewhere? Well, that are, that are already facing a labor, labor shortage. Labor shortage, exactly. So, I mean, that's, exactly. that's my point. These, this ripple effect, not necessarily just supply chain in terms of goods getting from port, you know, to the interior of the country, but to your point about lumber, if there's spare sheets of sheetrock and plywood, where do you think they're going to end up? They're on their way to Florida. They're on right their now. way to Florida yeah, right now. Exactly. I can tell you, they're not heading to Fort Worth and Dallas. Correct. Correct. So that's that, that's a really good point in terms of the, like you said, the the ripple effect. And that's all the time we have on Location Cubed. As we reflect back on the effects of Hurricane Ian, we'd like to encourage all of our listeners to take a moment and consider donating to a charity that would benefit the residents of Florida who have been so devastated by the hurricane. As always, Howard and Rob on Location Cube. We'll talk to you soon.